listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Okay, here we go with show number 165. You're going to notice a little bit of a change in the lineup this week. I wasn't able to get together with Andy to do the news, so I asked uh, Mr. Paul Bergeni to sit in for me and do that with Andy. Paul's been on the radio stream with us a couple of times. He works at uh, Cruising Magazine. He's also been an owner-driver. He's got a 650 sitting in his shed, I think, still. Uh, he's owned some pretty flash gear, actually. But anyway, he's going to sit in with Andy and at least for the next two or three weeks because I've got a pretty hectic schedule. Still driving up and down, of course, but uh, working on the next Truck and Life magazine. And we've got the Goulburn Convoy for Kids next weekend. We've got the Dane Ballinger Truck Show up at Bathurst the weekend after that. And of course, everything's just sort of happening. It's silly season and the goalposts get moved in a moment. So I've asked Paul to, to sort of do the, at least the next three weeks for me. We'll see how we go. I mean, if he does a better job of it than me, yeah, let's uh, let's just leave him there. I, I reckon that'd be okay. But he's got some interesting stories. A change is as good as a holiday, they say. All right, now, there are a number of things going on, but one thing I wanted to talk about, I had a friend of mine who manages a, a trucking business. We talk to each other on the phone you know, on, a, on a regular basis. And I can't believe some of the things that are happening. I mean, is it normal for blokes to just ring up and just quit or start a job and then a week later just quit or accept a job and then not even turn up? I don't understand. I just don't understand what's going on, what the hell is going on. The company's a reasonably good company. They pay as well as everybody else does as far as I'm aware. The work doesn't seem to be that hard. It's tip of work. So, I mean, tip the body up. Um, They run the same combinations as everyone else. They've got all their permits in a row. They they run the electronic logbooks. It's all pretty much above board. There's no pushing and screaming. I mean, you've got to work your days and things like that, but you do that in every job. I was just talking to him on the phone a little while ago, and they've uh, they've got to drive. They've got a no smoking in the truck policy. And, you know, as a non-smoker myself, I don't have an issue with that. In fact, I applaud that. But they've had one of their drivers has been smoking in the truck and uh, he, he got a little bit um, upset when he was told that he shouldn't be smoking in the truck. Things a bit of a pigsty. Uh, he was told he needed to clean it up and, and all the rest of it. Take it through the truck wash. He didn't have to wash it himself. Take it through the truck wash and clean it up and perhaps, you know, a bit of a tidy up yourself around the truck. Uh, and he just quit. Just said, that's it. Screw you. I'm done. And I, that just blows me away. How do you do that? How does anyone do that? Had a guy came over from New Zealand uh, a couple of weeks ago, started, uh, worked a week and left. Now, I understand sometimes you might have you know, started work for a company and then discovered, no, this is not for you. But you don't just pack your bongos and leave without, you know, you've got to give people some warning. We expect small businesses to employ drivers and we expect you know, a number of things to happen to you know, make life happy. I mean, we've heard people talking about the poor conditions and things like that. 
doesn't strike me as though this is the case here. And if you're going to drive around these uh, B-doubles and alphabet road trains and things, you've got to expect to be splitting them up. You can't take them into all the places where you need to go sometimes. Sometimes the rules don't change as quickly as the combinations do. We all know that. And, you know, you'll always have customers go, oh, yeah, we get big trucks in here all the time. And they discover that the big trucks they're talking about are, you know, are singles or rigids or things like that. That's trucking. The old adage is it is trucking. If it's not mucked up, it's about to be. We all know that to be true. Anyone with a brain who has been driving for any length of time knows that to be true. I don't understand, though, why is it so hard to get good drivers? There's no driver shortage. There is no driver shortage. What there is, is there a shortage of experienced drivers who know what the job's about and who are prepared to put in the work and understand what's going on to do the job and then stick with it. Stick with it for more than a week. We've all had a bad week. I know. I've, I've got the best truck driving job in Australia, I think. But even some days, I think to myself, why am I doing this? Drives me crazy. Why am I putting up with these people? Why am I sitting here getting screwed around waiting for hours sometimes? You know, it happens. It's life. It's trucking. Grow up. Anyway, if anyone's got some tipper experience and they're up around the north coast of New South Wales, they're happy based out of Lismore or Casino or somewhere up there, give me a ring, 0418 722 and uh, I'll put you on to me, mate. Uh, they seem as though they're, they're looking for someone. Reasonably good gear, as far as I know, reasonably good money, as far as I know, reasonably good work, as far as I know, you know, it'd be all right to have a try. But at least be serious. Be ready to at least learn how the place works before you pull the pin. Just bloody ridiculous. Anyway, we've got a bit on the show today. Tom Curtin's back in with Andy for his uh, music bit. I love Tom. He's got one of the greatest music shows and and just outright performance shows in the country, travelling around doing what he does. I love Tom, love his work, love his music. And, of course, we've got the news, as I said. Bob McMillan was something to talk about. And uh, now, on the, oh, before we get started, if you've got bits and pieces that you wouldn't mind contributing for Truck and Life magazine, by all means, feel free to give me a ring on that 0418722488 number. Always looking for stories, real trucks, real dust, real people, real stories. If you've got any of that, please ring me or email me editor at truckandlife.net.au and we'll see about putting it in. Keep those rigs of the month coming. There's some flash trucks out there. Uh, let's just make sure that we've got the photos uh, sorted out too, though. We need to do that. All right, let's go. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. 
For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. G'day, Andy here, and our featured Aussie music guest this week is an old favourite here on the road. Based in Catherine in the Northern Territory, he's one of the hardest working people I've ever come across. When he's not training horses, he's running working dog demonstrations at his Catherine Outback Experience Station, or riding horses, or singing whilst riding horses, or telling great Aussie yarns, or recording albums, or picking up awards for Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Male Artist of the Year, along with a couple of golden guitar awards at Tamworth along the way, and the Best Tourist Attraction in the Northern Territory Award for three years in a row. And now, for the seventh year running, he's just begun his national tour with more than 60 shows around the country between now and next April. He doesn't just tour with a few musical instruments, amps and a PA system either. His travelling show convoy includes all of that, plus his family, his horses and his dogs. This man is a machine. Catching up with us today on the road somewhere in the north of Queensland is the legend himself, the one and only Tom Curtin. G'day, Tom. Welcome back to On The Road, mate. Oh, g'day, Andy. Thanks for having us on, mate. Too easy. Always good to talk to you. Now, as we speak, you're literally on the road into week one of your Mammoth National Tour. You've already performed shows, I think, Mount Isa, Cloncurry, Richmond, Townsville, Tully and Melander. Where have we found you today, mate? Yeah, we've just got back to Townsville and then we're heading to Air this afternoon. So, yeah, I've got a few schools to visit tomorrow around Air and Home Hill. I just drop in there on my days off and speak to a few kids about bullying and things like Dolly's Dream. Fantastic. So we'll do that and then, yeah, we've got a show in Air on Friday night. Wow. You certainly don't sit on your hands, do you? <laughs> yeah, you got to keep busy, I reckon. <laughs> I think so. You don't want to get bored, yeah. That's it. Well, I see from your itinerary that you've got a show listed for Taroom in a couple of weeks' time, and given the devastating bushfires they're dealing with out that way right now, how are things looking for that? Yeah, I know. It's been horrendous all the way through, really. Yeah. Old Mother Nature, you know. I suppose we just try to go out of our way to go to a lot of regional areas, regional communities. We've got a lot of tickets already booked for Taroom out there, but yeah, obviously depending on how all the fires go and things like that, We've wrote a song a few years ago called We're Still Here and we normally sing that at the end of our concert to bring people together and, you know, it's a great thing just to check in with their mates and things like that, especially when they come to our shows. Yeah. Uh, when we're singing, we also see the demographic, you know, kids dancing and mums and dads dancing, but also a lot of people are just, you know, having a quiet chat to each other out the back there and yeah, we can see there it's just good to get them in off their properties and great for mental health. Yeah, well, I'm sure you've been doing these tours so long now, you'd have seen all the extremes, fires and floods and droughts and all the rest that Mother Nature throws at us on a regular basis. Yeah. I expect, though, as you were saying, for a lot of the hard-working folk out in these remote places, your shows would provide some welcome distraction from it all. Oh, definitely. Yeah. A lot of communities are extremely grateful, you know, that we come to their region. We sort of have got a policy we can't go to the same town two years in a row. Right. That really makes us get out to other regions, other communities and do a show there and um, build up self-esteem, really. Yeah. I mean, we could easily sit at home there in Catherine and train a few dogs and horses over the wet season, but I feel a bit obligated now to get out. We've seen what we can do to help lift spirits and provide entertainment for people. So, yeah, I think it's really good to do our bit to get out there and try to lift a few spirits. Yeah. Well, mate, you're truly a man of the people and it's a great thing you do. Hats off to you. 
Now, let's get to the point. You've got a new single just out titled When the Rain Comes Down. We'll have a listen to that in a minute. It's yet another great song and an ever-growing list of great songs from you. So what's the story behind the song? Yeah, well, this one, I was at it touring around Australia out on the Unidata track and uh, met up with a few mates out there and we had a barbecue one night and yeah they came in from all the cattle stations all these workers and things like that were sitting around and you could just tell all their spirits were pretty down you know mm. there was a big drought on they were feeding livestock hay trucks were coming in late and uh, they're putting down livestock and even the kids you know they had a lot of pressure on their shoulders and I was just reading their body language and yeah, we asked around and we found out all this was going on. And I wanted to write a song then about the drought, but not only about the drought, what effect it had on communities, yep. families, and in particular, when the rain did actually come, how that, you know, felt, you know, with the hope and jubilation. So yeah, yeah we wrote this one. And so far, we had to try to do a video clip as well for it all and got the fire trucks up there in Catherine to provide the rain for us. Brilliant. So it, um, yeah, pulled it all together. Yeah, literally singing and dancing in the rain. Yeah. I was just listening through another of your songs, as I mentioned earlier before we came on, We're Still Here. All your songs have such an incredible underlying theme of strength and hope and resilience. I think we might just play We're Still Here as well later to take the show out. Uh, you can't have too much of a good thing. Yeah, we meet a lot of people out here as we're touring around. I think this is our eighth tour over the summer. So um, we normally tour for about six months at a time, do about 70 shows all around the country. So you meet a lot of people and you see, I suppose, a lot of my songs are from their experiences and their stories that we're just sort of listening to and picking up on. And mm. yeah, we try to put it back out there for a bit of sense of hope, I think. Yeah. Well, as we said earlier, over 60-plus shows, I was going to list out the tour dates and destinations until I went through the list <laughs> yeah, and realised we'd be here for the next few hours reading them all out. <laughs> so for our listeners in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, who'd love to come and see this fantastic show of yours, where can they go to find their closest show and book tickets, Tom? Yeah, if they just jump onto my website, it's just Tom Curtin, spelt like a window curtain, yep. and uh, .com.au. And, yeah, they can jump on there and um, check out where we're going and what towns. And, yeah, it's a lot easier just to book online, you know? Yeah. Well, sadly, mate, we're out of time for now, but finding a few minutes to chat with us amidst your hyper-hectic schedule, our guest this week has been Tom Curtin, TB. I don't know if you've picked up on that, but I just added a qualification. TB stands for top bloke. Oh, right. Mate, really appreciate you sparing some of your precious time with us. Thank you so much. No, that's all right, Andy. Thanks so much for all you do as well. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Well, it's time for us to have a listen to your brand new single. Tom, would you please introduce it for us? Yeah, this one's all for all the people out there that are waiting on rain. It's going to come and uh, it'll turn the tables for sure. So this one's called When the Rain Comes Down. Cheers, mate. Take care out there on the road and love to the family. Good on you, Andy. Thanks so much for that. Appreciate it. He's standing out on a dusty plain. Been so long since he felt the rain. And everything dry like a bone. His gaze to the empty sky He kicks the ground The endless dry Been waiting for rain for so long He said Can you hear the calling?
Just as a quick postscript, guys, we had a chat a couple of weeks ago with a brizzy bloke by the name of Hayden Scotter, and we played his brand new single, Beautiful Land. Now, as promised, we said we'd let you know when the video clip for the song came online, and I'm thrilled to advise it's an awesome audio-visual feast of a brilliant song set to a truly awesome drone footage of our beautiful land. Go to YouTube and look for Beautiful Land, I promise you, it's an awesome experience worthy of a few minutes of your time. Enjoy. News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au News time on the road and a change of scenery this week with Mike attending to some important trucking stuff and miles away from the nearest microphone apparently. Having said that, as they say in the business, the show must go on, and to that end, for the next week or two or three, filling the big fella's equally big shoes in the newsroom is a veteran long-distance road transport operator with a wealth of experience in not only trucking, but also magazine publishing, entertainment, and numerous other pies he's got his fingers in. A legend in the industry and beyond, it's my pleasure to welcome our special guest newsreader, the one and only Paul Biagini. Paul, g'day mate, and welcome aboard. Appreciate you taking the time out of your hectic schedule to come and fill the big fella's oversized shoes for a few weeks. Oh, Andy, I've got two things instantly to say there. I am feeling a little bit nervous about filling the, the boss man's shoes. And the other thing is you referring to me in the status of a legend. I'm, I'm glad I'm alone because I, I think I'd be blushing. <laughs> 
but thank you. Well, mate, I can only go on what I hear, and <laughs> I was having a look at your LinkedIn bio, and it's pretty impressive, I've got to say, and, and I see that you're noted as being referred to as a door opener for others. So in addition to all your other skills, I assume you've been a concierge at some classy hotel as well. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad job. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that uh, yeah, the door open of others has come in as a, my business development manager career with a, with a magazine. Yeah, I've enjoyed introducing other business people to each other and you know, saying, oh, this is a great opportunity. Perhaps you two fellas may have a chat and find some mutual ground. Excellent. Mate, first up, an important issue we need to address. Mike tells me that whatever I do under no circumstances should I bring up the subject of goats with you. What's that all about? <laughs> That's a long, long torrid tale of uh, back in the old days when we were knocking out quarter of a million kilometres a year driving around the countryside. I uh, It happened completely by, by accident that uh, I ended up having a bit of a reputation of carrying around a live female goat with me in the truck by the name of Millie. As you do, yeah. <laughs> Millie become quite famous to the point, I, I'm not going to say a cult figure, but she would have gifts left for her at roadhouses and birthday cards and Christmas cards. and <laughs> Cool. To the uninitiated uh, long-distance trucker that didn't really know it was all a myth, they would go past and call up on the radio and say, oh, you know, have you got Millie with you this week? Hmm. It was all in fun. It started off as, as sometimes they do, a, a little joke one late one night when we were all bored and yeah. uh, it just grew its own life. Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> and uh, to the point now where some people, even all these years later, refer to me as Goat Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So, uh, yeah, goats get me excited. What can I say? I think they're a fascinating animal. Well, that being the case, I should share with you on the subject of goats. I was reading the other day about an old farmer in Yorkshire in the UK. He lived alone apart from all his animals and decided it was time he had a night out and mixed a bit with other humans for the sake of his sanity. Mm -hmm. He heard there was an interesting lecture going on that night at the village hall. So he had his annual shower and got all dressed up and headed down to the hall to see what all the fuss was about. As you do. Yeah. He took a seat towards the back just as the guest speaker walked up to the microphone and said, I have a few questions for you good people. Please stand up and stay standing if you think you've ever seen a ghost. <laughs> About half of the audience stood up, including the old farmer. The speaker then said, OK, remain standing if you think you've ever actually spoken to a ghost. Mm -hmm. Well, the majority of the people sat down and there's just the farmer and three other people still standing. Right up, said the speaker. Remain standing if you think you've actually slept with a ghost. The three other people sat down and there's old Bill the farmer standing there on his own. <laughs> the place erupted into cheers and applause and so the guest speaker invites old Bill to come down and join him on the stage. So he slowly waddles down the, through the crowd and climbs the steps to the stage and stands beside the speaker. I've got to tell you, my friend, said the speaker, in all my time delivering these lectures, you're the only one who's ever admitted to sleeping with a ghost. The old farmer scratched his head for a moment and then says apologetically, sorry, mate, I thought you said goat. <laughs> and there the jokes don't get any better. That's a cracker. That's a good dad joke. And if I may, I'll uh, put that into my small but uh, goat-filled repertoire. Feel free, mate. It's not original, I assure you. Now, generally about this time, Mike shares with us the news we're not going to talk about. In his absence, I've found a few things. So mm -hmm. here we go. This is what we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the High Court's electric vehicle tax ruling. 
We're not going to talk about the West Australian government's one-stop platform to give electric vehicle buyers the info they need to make an informed choice. You'll learn as we go along here, I'm not big on electric vehicles. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to talk about Isuzu's next generation of trucks coming to Australia, nor are we going to talk about the world's first battery-powered freight locomotive or Road Freight New South Wales claiming its members are becoming cash cows for stevedores who are paying no tax in Australia. Indeed. So that's the news we're not talking about, Paul. But first up, in our real news... News of the relocation of a safety cam, heavy vehicle compliance camera on the Hume Highway. Goodness me. So conversation I've had many a time with many people about our our tax rates in Australia, and I have to say, agree or disagree with me. Hmm. I do not disagree with paying tax in, in this country, in the wonderful place we live. What gets up my goat uh, <laughs> is, when, is when the tax, when I see our tax money wasted. Can't help getting cranky, Andy. And then here we go. So New South Wales has spent I'm not going to pretend to know the number of, of millions of dollars mm. that they've they've spent putting these safety cam cameras in. And I was well and truly in the middle of my long-distance driving career when the safety cam cameras came in and watched them be rolled out one after another. Do they help with fatigue? I 100% wholly and solely believe they do not. In fact, I believe they add to driver's fatigue. Okay. And so to just to add insult to the injury of the money mm. that they spend putting these things up now, they've decided in their uh, in their wisdom to move one, and they're moving it five kilometres. So it's not it's not even like they're pulling one down and moving it a hundred or hundred and fifty kilometres to a strategic spot. They're moving this thing. A bargo has been re- relocated to the Douglas Park South Overpass southbound and Pheasants Nest northbound. Mm which is five kilometres from the previous location. So this is on Hume Highway, of course, which is one of the biggest freight corridors in the country. Yeah. I can only assume, and I am only assuming, but I can only assume that the, the, the owners and operators of the Safety Team Network have said there's obviously there's been some roadworks or there's a roadhouse truck stop or, or an exit that's been changed or moved slightly and they've got their knickers and not saying, oh, goodness me, one of these trucks might peel off and not go under that yeah. that camera. So, you know, well done to spend all that money. I would love to know how much money that actually costs to do that. Yeah. Crazy stuff, in my opinion. Agreed. Well, we might well find out at some stage what the cost is on that. Indeed. And Paul, everybody's favourite Aussie trucking TV show, Outback Truckers, is back with a new season 10 confirmed and filming about to begin. It's going to be big news for the fans, obviously big news for the production company and uh, Seven Mate, uh, big news all around. Big news for the stars too. Well, Andy, I was going to that. I can't seem to find one, and you may be able to shed some light on this, I can't seem to find any 100% confirmation that our very own Yogi is going to be back. Do you know, surely, surely Yogi's going to be back. Don't know, mate. He plays his cards pretty close to his chest, that bloke, and I think the whole production company does as well, and mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I see uh, Steve Graham, has uh, he, he's got his handsome face on a couple of releases with the Kenway, so... Yeah, good on him. I'm assuming old, uh, old Steve's going to be there, but yeah, they uh, they haven't released the, the rest of the stars, so we can only hope that our uh, one and only Yogi's going to be there. Hmm. 
13 episodes, 13 one-hour-long one episodes. So there you go. It's going to be a, uh, another cracker, I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, well, with you and I in the musical background and production, I guess, you know, hmm. that one-hour episode, that would be an amazing amount of work to produce one of those, I'd imagine. Oh, for sure. You know, the logistics and the work that goes behind producing that must be extraordinary, I would suggest. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, let's look forward to it going again. Let's look forward to our uh, our little cuddly mate in the purple T900 rocking and rolling around on another season, I guess. Yeah. I've got to be honest, I don't know whether I'll watch it if our Yogi's not in there. I don't know if I'll be able to bring myself to it. Oh, I'm sure you manage somehow. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, would it be good if we had a truckie there with the goat on board? Andy, my concern with that would be, my, my only concern with that would be that the goat may overshadow all the other stars. I have no doubt. <laughs> and then there, there could be some controversy and some jealousy there, but then let's face it, with some of those TV shows and those reality, you know, the young ones, yeah, they love some of the drama, so perhaps that would bring in a new audience, you know, if a, a female goat was sort of going off and, and scratching her nail polish on her hoofs and, and getting all upset. is <laughs> an idea for the, the next series after that. Maybe they might contact me and bring me in as a goat handler. You heard that, guys. If you're listening in, there's your chance to get a real star on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. I guarantee I could pull Millie out of the box and pump her up again and get her rolling. <laughs> we'll leave that right there. Okay, let's do that. After a three-year hiatus due to the pandemic and flooding, the town of Daniloquin has once again hosted their truck show and industry expo with a huge crowd of around 1,500 trucking enthusiasts in attendance. I cannot, I cannot commend the small towns enough for putting these shows on, Andy. They're a fantastic thing for rural communities, and, and let's face it, all, all the money seems to hover around the capital cities, which is you know, obviously population-driven. It's wonderful to see these rural communities get behind the industry and, and put these shows on. You know, Daniloquin, obviously, Casino, Lights on the Hill at Gatton. Mm. There's just no negatives in these shows. The community wins, the businesses in the community win. The transport industry wins because it's a platform for the, the transport industry to interact positively with the general public. You know, the trucks get shined up. Most of the trucks that attend these shows are obviously magnificent, beautiful pieces of equipment. And it allows the drivers and, and the general public to interact on a positive note. Mm. Allows the, you know, the general public to get up and close to vehicles that sometimes they may be intimidated by on the road. I've been involved in a few of those shows myself, and it's great to be able to, you know, showcase the vehicles in the industry to the general public. I see they've had trucks come from as far away as South Australia and, and Wagga. Yeah. So, uh, again, just goes to show the attraction of, of a good country truck show. So, hats off to the Rotary Club and Daniloquin and obviously the, you know, local members in the Shire in Daniloquin and the town are obviously welcoming the trucks back. Hats off to them. Nothing but applause to these small uh, country towns putting the truck shows on. Yeah, well, Deniloquin's obviously a pretty switched-on sort of place because they've got the Denny Ute muster there every year with all the music and everything going on there as well. That Denny Ute muster is just a monster. It's and, huge. and the acts, the musical acts they get there is, is incredible. So, again, it just goes to show you, doesn't it, what in a rural town with the right positive attitude towards these events, how they can grow. And I, and I have read some stories about 
the Ute muster and how Denny was doing, you know, doing it really tough over some some successions of droughts mm. and obviously local community hurting from drought. But then, you know, when a town becomes dry and, and brown and a little bit depressing, it's difficult to get, you know, day trippers or weekend trippers from the city, you know, tourists. Do they really want to go to a dry, drought-stricken town? Look, let's be honest, it's it's hard to attract tourists to a town like that. Mm. So the smart, you know, the smart money is put on a cracker of an event. Yep. Whether it's dusty or muddy, away we go. You know, Gimpy Music Muts is you know, another one of those, isn't it? You know, you're either dancing in dust or swimming in mud. Yeah. But the people go, they're attracted by the music, the, the atmosphere, the, the people, the vehicles. So absolutely, you know, hats off to Denny. And again, if uh, if there's, you know, mayors or councillors from other small towns around Australia listening, have a really good look at, at what these some of these successful festivals and towns do. As the population gets older, Andy, and the grey nomads take to the road and the four-wheel drives and the caravans and yep. they're travelling around and we, we see that in our little tiny corner of the world here in Mulgowie. Hmm. There's a hall and a showground, a very small one in our, our little local community. Gee whiz, you know, in the cooler months, that is full with caravans every weekend of campus. Number plates from all over Australia. Yeah. If these little towns can encompass these types of shows and festivals, it's smart money because the people will come and attend them. Yep. There's nothing negative in that. I think it's fantastic to see the show back and good to see it on the on the truck and calendar, absolutely. Yeah. Well, trucks, utes and good music, you can't go wrong. Very difficult to go wrong, Andy. It is. Very <laughs> And I'm going to out you here because you're talking about, you know, great bands and you mentioned their lights on the hill. Legend has it that you played a rather major role in getting the Roadhammers out here this year. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done, you. Well, again, door opener for others. So I did drop some emails and, and did some introductions. Look, the Roadhammers, one of my favourite country rock trucker bands in the world. Mm. Been a huge fan for, for years and years and years. Reached out to Jason McCoy, the singer, you know, reached out to him via the magical internet and emails. He came back to us straight away and said, Hey, Paul, you know, thanks for reaching out. How can, you know, what can I do? Can you help? So just goes to show you that these guys are superstar, I guess, superstar status, but just grounded humble guys we were lucky enough to hang out with them we kind of i guess unofficially hosted them while i was here mm. took them out for dinner took them out for breakfast fantastic guys on and off the stage so you know anyone that loves music that's listening and let's face it if you don't love music you kind of there is something wrong with you <laughs> i gotta agree <laughs> if you love music check out the road hammer support them buy their cd watch their video some of their videos andy Paul on the donkey song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, what a crack up of a video. Mm. One of the things the boys do do regularly state is they don't take themselves too seriously, but they take their music very seriously. Mm. So watch out. I can't let the cat out of the bag, but hopefully if you love the Road Hammers, watch out 2024. Big things coming. Road Hammers will be back. Can't say too much more yet, but they are coming back to Australia next year. So if you missed them this year, don't fret, they will be back. Watch this space. Perhaps we'll crack the news ourselves, Andy. Yeah, stay tuned, guys. You heard it right here first. 
Meanwhile, back at the news, in a recent review submission, the ATA has claimed that the current national freight and supply chain strategy has been essentially ineffective. Goodness me, how does this, this just goes on and on and on. Since the relaunch of our beloved truck and life, I've dug out many, many back issues and in a bit, little bit of spare time that I do have. And it's interesting and also a little bit sad that you can go back to an issue in 1977, Andy, and the headlines are just the same. Mm. Owner-operators being ripped off, transport industry in crisis. You know, government's not listening about the task. It just it never seems to change. Mm. I just don't know what we need collectively as a community, as a country. I'm just not sure what we need to fix this, but it needs to be fixed. The road transport industry, like it, love it, dislike it, want to ignore it. It is a necessary evil. Yep. And COVID showed us that when we were all locked up at home and one of the only things we were allowed to do was go out and buy groceries and go to the doctor. Mm. So we were managed to still go out and buy groceries, and guess what? There were still groceries on the shelf. Now, how did that happen? Yeah, wonder how they got there. The truck drivers were still out there working, the, the poor buggers, and I know this by fact. Drivers were having to get that test shoved up their nose, mm. not only once a day, Andy, they were getting it put up their nose at every grocery DC in the country. Yeah. And over and over and over again, and yet those drivers, men and women, soldiered up, put up with that and kept the supply chain going. Yeah. Yep, it's breaking down, absolutely. Why? There's only one reason why. There's a shortage of drivers. Mm. Why is that? Well, Andy, we don't have long enough to get into that today. No. The supply chain is in trouble. It is going to get worse. It's going to get worse as the pool of drivers get older. The problem is only going to get worse. Yeah. What is the fix? A little fella like me sitting in Mulgowie, I've got some ideas in my head. That's probably for another day, but the supply chain is in trouble. I can tell you that firsthand by we shop at one of the big stores out here in Gatton in the Lockyer Valley. The reason we do that is we have no choice because they're bullied all small grocers out of Gatton. Mm. And the big one, when we go to do our grocery shopping, and I'm talking right now in November 2023, the shelves are half full. Yep. The shelves are still half full. There, There is a big problem. Mm. And that's to do with obviously not enough bottoms and seats. It's also to do with the two, our two major grocery uh, retailers in Australia not paying enough money for the task to be done. Mm. So that's a big part of it as well. But there is definitely problems in our supply chain. Absolutely. There sure are. Mm. Well, mate, about this time every week, we invite Mike to share with us any breaking news he has. Now, he, he does his own little breaking news sound effects, so I'm going to see if I can dig out from the archives that sound because it's just annoyingly wonderful and everyone kind of <laughs> expects it. So I'm going to insert that. <laughs> do you have any breaking news for us, Paul? Look, I do, actually. It's breaking news and, and big news. So a company called Border Express, which is a, a large uh, freight carrier in Australia, has been acquired by Singapore Post for $200 million. Wow. Which is a staggering amount of money. It is. Why do I think that's breaking news? The fact that a large company is being bought out by a larger company isn't breaking news in the world. Globalisation is sadly a fact of the world we live in today and the bigger fish are swallowing the smaller fish. Mm. 
My interest in this, though, Andy, is the fact that it is another Australian company has been bought out by another overseas interest. Yeah. So we now have Singapore Post with the finger in the pie. We have Japan Post in the finger of the pie with Toll. Another major player in Australia is DHL, which are owned by Dutch Post. Mm. I can't help feeling concerned that the backbone of our country, which is the road freight industry, is being sold out or allowed to be purchased out. Call me cynical, call me an untrusting old man, Andy, but I just can't help worry about all that overseas interest controlling our freight on our roads, rail and air. Mm. It's a bit of a worry for me. Perhaps I'm worrying over nothing, perhaps I'm not, but that is big news. It's 1,300 staff that service 3,000 clients. Wow. They've got around about 16 depots. Mm. So Border Express have got a huge footprint in this country and, and they're now owned by obviously a huge company in Singapore. And just a little part of me gets concerned when I see that. Yeah, rightly so. Well, mate, another little bit of breaking news that just came through this morning. The National Road Safety Partnership Program and MTI, one of our wonderful sponsors here on the show, are proud to announce the formation of a new collaborative partnership, Natasi 2.0. For over two decades, the National Truck Accident Research Centre, or Natasi as it's better known, major accident report has provided an independent snapshot for industry and policymakers based on their claims data. Mm-hmm. NTI, the leading provider of insurance for the Australian Heavy Vehicle Transport Centre, provides them with a unique market position which they use to produce the Natasi report to inform the entire heavy vehicle industry with better information. Since its establishment, the Natasi report has continuously evolved and over the past five years, it's provided unparalleled industry insight annually. The Natasi 2.0 partnership will represent an evolutionary step for the report, looking beyond the annual reporting on incidents to a broadening of its reach and development of supporting resources and deeper insights on heavy vehicle incidents through the partnership. So that's pretty exciting news. Again, a lot of work goes into gathering that sort of stuff, doesn't it? Extraordinary. It certainly does. Be interesting the results out of that, Andy. It will be interesting to see indeed. Well, that's pretty much it for the news, about all that's left for me to do. Around this time, I usually hit Mike with a thought-provoking thought for the week. So I'll share it with you this week, Paul. And the thought for the week comes from Atticus Aristotle, who I'm not familiar with, but it's a great name, so I thought I'd share that anyway. But the quote is simply, and it's keeping with the theme for this week, never approach a goat from the front, a horse from the back, or a fool from any side. <laughs> that's beautiful. Something in that for all of us, I think. Absolutely. Paul, it's been an absolute pressure, mate. Pressure or pleasure? I, I think I think the pressure was on me, but also a pleasure, Andy. It was indeed, and look forward to doing it again next week if you're up for it. I cannot wait. Good on you, buddy. You have a great week. You too, mate. Take care. Well, there. Cheers. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. Hi there. There's been some pretty scary headlines around this week in the uh, media and the news feed. One of the scariest ones for me was, quote, Ice, cocaine, heroin, fine, dash, 
just don't break the speed limit, end of quote. Drug users in the ACT now face a $100 fine for possessing up to 15 street deals worth of ice from Saturday after a controversial decriminalisation laws came into force overnight. But motorists will pay more than three times that amount for exceeding a 40-kilometre speed zone on Canberra's main road. The Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission has warned that the ACT's new laws will increase illicit drug use and mirror the uptick in consumption experienced in overseas jurisdictions that have taken the same approach. The, the article goes on to say, instead of paying the $100 fine, drug users will also have the option of attending a one-off, one-hour education and information session with Canberra Health Services to seek support for their problematic drug use. This is compared with a minimum $316 fine for motorists to exceed the speed limit by less than 15 kilometres an hour. The radical reforms passed last year by the ACT government will make Canberra the first city in the country to decriminalise hard drugs. Well, what an absolute bloody disgrace. It's just, just a disgrace. And the worst part of it is that the journalists covering it didn't even uh, cover all the aspects of it. What about the uh, related traffic laws and potential problems that should cause with these people that are, you know, it doesn't say whether it's legal for them to drive with these drugs in them or not, but they'll probably think, that, think it is, and they probably already do. And as I've said before, this use explains some of the uh, hard-to-fathom uh, accidents that happen on our roads, I'm sure. But the other issue is Canberra is the national capital. It's where our national parliament is housed. It's where a great percentage of the population actually work for the government or actually public servants and probably policy makers and all sorts of things. And while we're not here to say that 100% of those people are on drugs or doing drugs or anything else, there's a chance that a fair few of them might be because 42% of the workforce in the ACT works for the government either the federal government or the ACT government. Only 10% of them work for the ACT government. But even so, policies, like, there's lots of hard-to-fathom and hard-to-explain stuff that comes out of governments and uh, public services and government instrumentalities. I just can't believe this. It's just, uh, it's, it's hardly received a, a reaction in, out in, in, you know, on social media and that sort of thing, not that I go looking for that sort of stuff. But it just makes you wonder how many of these drug users that are now, you know, it's cheaper for them to use drugs than speed in their motor car, uh, how many of them are involved in supposedly running the country? I texted uh, this news article to a mate of mine uh, when I first saw it, and uh, the reply I got back from him is uh, not printable, but it started with the word for. The third word was sake. Uh, the middle word, The missing word in the middle was not heavens. But I'm saying for heaven's sake, because as I asked, how many of these drug users are involved in supposedly running the country? Who knows? The question does need to be asked. Let's wait and see if we actually get a proper investigative journalist on the job here who can come up with some of the answers to some of these questions, because at the moment, the people in the ACT who uh, allow this legislation to go through, they ought to be bloody well ashamed. My approach and my attitude towards hard drugs is... Uh, pretty serious because I believe that drug traffickers, illicit drug traffickers, they should be charged for, with attempted murder, not just drug trafficking. And then someone might realise what serious bloody scumbags they really are. So that's the first subject today. And while I'm on a little bit of a, a road safety issue uh, today for this podcast, the Queensland Government have come up with a real beautiful idea. 
we're going to have zero road deaths by uh, 2050. And we've already started the program to bring it about. Headline. New rules see Queensland motorists receiving extra $87 million in speeding fines. Queensland drivers have been issued an extra $87 million in speeding fines over the past year after a significant increase in penalties by the state government and a change in the fine brackets. Well, what they've done there, they've reduced the... Uh, uh, they used to have a 12-kilometre-an-hour window between minor, serious and super serious, and now it's a 10-kilometre thing. Uh, authorities issued $332 million in fines to speeding drivers in 2022 to 2023. This was a 35% increase from the $244.7 million in 2021 to 2022 before the fines were increased. While the total value of issued fines has risen, the number of actual infringement notices issued by the authorities decreased from 973,727 to 806,794 during the same period. 299 people lost their lives on Queensland roads in 2022, the highest road toll since 2009. Transport Minister Mark Bailey said that the decrease in the number of fines issued was a sign that the tuppered penalties are working. The number of lives at this point this year is 10 less than this time last year, which is showing some improvement. And he goes on to say they're making no apologies for doing everything they can to save lives in our roads. Well, I'm just about to debate that issue, but I'll go back a frame. We had 167,070 reduction infringement notice is issued by authorities uh, in that 12-month period he's talking about. That 170,000-plus less infringements means to say there's 170,000 drivers out there that decide it's probably better off not to speed than to be contributing to the government coffers. Now, surely that's got a lot more to do with the number of lives being 10 less than the, uh, than the uh, increase in fines. That's, that's my comment. But the other thing is, uh, if the Queensland government thinks that they're going to reduce the uh, road toll to zero by 2050 without doing anything other than putting up speeding fines. They really are on a fog and a nothing here because, uh, man, oh, man, there's some dangerous roads in Queensland and the, most of them are in western Queensland, but there's a lot in north, northern Queensland and southwestern and southern Queensland and uh, even the main artery, the Bruce Highway, and the other main artery, the Warrigo Highway. They're an absolute disgrace for the amount of traffic they carry and for the, the abysmal quality of the work that is done on them when they do decide to do something. It, half the time the work has to be either done again or, um, you know, totally redesigned because there just seems to be a, a – I don't know what it is, but uh, we used to uh, we used to see a much better result from road maintenance and, and road, road improvements in Queensland, and that's true Australia-wide, uh, probably with the exception of South Australia uh, – sorry, yeah, South Australia and Western Australia and some of their areas, and, of course, the Northern Territory roads, the main highways are great, but uh, you go off, off track a minute and you, you know about it. The government's crowing about earning all this extra money, this extra $87 million. I really think that they're uh, blowing their own trumpet for uh, no good reason because all they've really done is relieve the Queenslanders of $87 million in fines. There's nowhere saying that it's going to go to new roads. Uh, there's no, no, nowhere saying it's going to go to any sort of a new safety campaign or telling people how to, uh, you know, load their caravans legally or behave around trucks or 
sea saver taking in dangerous places. You should see the behaviour out on the Flinders Highway between Townsville and Mount Isa when some of these clowns get behind a triple that's going slower than they'd like it to. Every time I travel west of Townsville, I see, uh, you know, it's a wonder I don't see a, a, a fatal accident every time I go out there. It is that bad. And, of course, the lack of police on the road is uh, another thing that I've been talking about, and that's got a lot to do with it as well. Anyway, it's a nice thought, zero deaths on our roads by 2050. But, man, they've got a job ahead of them to see that come to pass. And uh, the $87 million will need to be spent very wisely uh, to only be a small part of that. Shame it all comes back to the money. It really doesn't, but uh, these people think it does. So, anyway, maybe they're on drugs too, some of these people in Queensland. Watch this space. I hope we don't have to uh, put up with another debacle in Queensland like we've just seen in the ACT. Take care out there. It's not getting any safer. Catch it on the roundabout. This has been Bob McMillan. Thanks for listening. As promised earlier, easing us out of the show, it's this week's guest music artist once again, our mate Tom Curtin, with a wonderful song that simply says, we're still here. Granddad told me about the life out here. Gets in your blood as you count the years. It can wear you down, have you on your knees. It can raise you up, make you believe. There's the longest days that never end When the darkest nights come round again Through nervous smiles, the doubts and pain It's who we are running through our veins We've seen the dry, lived through the dust and washed away soil plains Those spirits crumble, the eagle flies And on the wind together we
On the Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 